Welcome, welcome, welcome back. What is up, my fellow IDP enthusiasts? This is the Miked Up IDP Podcast, and I am Mike Wollert, where it is all about the IDP. We are talking individual defensive players, no diva quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs don't matter. It is all about the defensive tackles, edge rushers, big hitting linebackers, and ball hawking defensive backs. We are in episode six, and we're going to continue looking at the divisional breakdowns. We've covered the AFC North. Next up, we're going to move to the NFC and talk about the NFC South and how the movement along this division has impacted the IDP landscape. First up, we're going to talk the Carolina Panthers. If you've seen Chasing Amy and you've seen Silent Bob's monologue, it's a very powerful monologue, but he talks about his long lost love and his long lost girlfriend and that he's been searching for Amy ever since he mistakenly broke up with her. I think that's what the Carolina Panthers are going to be going through. They're going to be chasing Keekley after Luke Keekley's retirement. He's in the scouting department, but he's left a huge hole in their defense. After disastrous 2019 season uh, spent in a 34 scheme, they are moving back to a, a 4-3 base and spent every draft pick on the defensive side of the ball to build up their new defense. They'll have their front four but they'll probably be running sub-packages out of that base for the majority of their schemes. Shaq Thompson proved he can play. He appeared in virtually every snap in the 2019 season, and right now he's the de facto leader and is going to need to take on additional responsibilities with Luke Keekley out of the way. The Panthers brought in to hear Whitehead during the offseason, so as of now, I would probably say Shaq and Whitehead are going to be the three down guys when Carolina runs its sub-packages. Carolina added to their defensive line in the draft. They added Yatir, Gross Matos, and Hulk-smashing Derek Brown. After letting Mario Addison go in free agency, Brian Burns looks to get a starting nod and be a, as a hand-in-the-dirt edge rusher. Carolina also added free agent Stephen Weatherly from the Minnesota Vikings. Secondary lost James Bradbury to the Giants, but they did add Eli Apple uh, to help Dante Jackson on the outside. Eric Reed wasn't given a contract. He's still a free agent at this point, uh, but the but the Panthers did bring in Trey Boston to kind of be a closer of sorts at the free safety position, and Jeremy Chin was drafted to be their presence up front, that multifaceted safety similar to Eric Reed's role, but I think he's going to be much better in coverage. In terms of targets, I'm targeting Brian Burns and Yitter Gross Matos as kind of my DL3s. Burns is coming off of a solid rookie year, generating where he generated a 10.4% pressure rate. Uh, let's hope the coaching staff uses him more on uh, 40 than uses him more than 40% of the snaps. He has the talent he can get to the quarterback. I also, like I said, I like Gross Matos. And deeper on in the draft, I like Steven Weatherly as a nice late round sleeper. If you can get him as a DL4, DL5 to round out your uh, your defensive line, I think he's going to be a nice sleeper. Shaq Thompson, uh, I think you should target him as, a, as an LB1. I mean, Luke Keekley, there's a lot of production that just opened up. So I have no problem targeting Shaq Thompson. Looking at his early ADP, um, People are thinking Shaq's 2019 was as authentic as a promise for Loki. Uh, spoiler, he's not. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm buying Shaq at, at his current ADP. I mean, he's being drafted as the LB23, uh, which is about 190th overall, which I think is great value for uh, an LB1. 
Um, and it also looks like to hear Whitehead um, isn't really being even drafted among those top 50. So I think he's going to be a steal no matter what. You're getting him, going to be able to get him as a, an LB2, LB3. And he's also, I mean, he's virtually, as long as he's healthy, you can virtually pencil him in for 100 tackles. I think Trey Boston is going to be a big play scoring format target. Um, he made a play on the ball and nearly 39% of the time he was targeted. So he was either making an interception or a defended pass. Um, so I think he's going to be a nice big play target. Jeremy Shin is already being hailed as an IDB darling, um, as is the trend. Uh, Chin has the traits of a three-tool safety, can play physical up front, get to the quarterback, and play man and cover tight ends. Uh, with the added pressure up front, Eli Apple and Dante Jackson certainly can be considered, uh, considered in cornerback-required leagues. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, after making a huge splash in free agency by signing Tom Brady and acquiring Rob Gronkowski, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this defense to hold up their end of the bargain on the scoreboard. I think one of the most polarizing IDPs on the defense is going to be Shaq Barrett. Did Denver not utilize his talents or put him in a, a position to succeed the way Tampa did? Uh, did he just perform in a contract year? Uh, certainly no one saw his 19 and a half sack explosion. Um, I think Tampa's also a little bit leery. They just offered him this franchise tag, so he'll be playing for another contract. So again, he's in a contract year. Uh, 19 and a half sacks I just don't see coming, but certainly double digits isn't out of the question. Levante David is an iPod classic. Trustworthy, available, and durable. He's always on the field, and he's only missed a handful of games over his eight-year career, and he's once again slotted as, a, as an inside linebacker opposite potential second-year breakout Devin White. Those guys are projected to be your three-down off-ball linebackers in Tampa Bay. Tampa also brought back Jason Pierre-Paul on the line as their edge rusher uh, opposite Barrett, where he really enjoyed a nice 2019 campaign. Indomitian Sue and Vitavia will be stuffers up front, allowing the edge rushers and off-ball linebackers to run clean. The secondary is young. Uh, they added a safety with reputable bloodlines and Antoine Winfield Jr. This makes me feel old because I was playing his dad uh, in IDP leagues. Uh, in terms of roles, I see Jordan Whitehead as the safety up front with Justin Evans playing deep. Whitehead spent over 500 snaps up near the line of scrimmage. Evan missed the 2019 season with his health in question. It is possible he's a roster casualty, but I think as long as he's healthy, he should be back. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Jamel Dean should back into their corner roles this season. Targets continue to key on Levante David. Uh, David has recorded an 11.9% tackle rate over the last two seasons, including two straight seasons of 80-plus solos. He's also around the, bowl, around the ball. He's forced 13 fumbles since 2016. So, I mean, you, you a really nice floor and obviously a really nice ceiling. Devin White averaged seven tackles a game, and he was on pace for over 110 tackles had he not missed three games. He still produced an 11% tackle rate and forced three fumbles. Shaq Barrett's early ADP definitely shows that they aren't that drafters aren't buying his 2019. However, if you use MFL, you can use the settings to set him as a as a defensive end, so that helps a little bit. He's being drafted as an LB27, so the 27th linebacker overall. Uh, but if you're playing in platforms that have an edge designation, I would definitely consider him a tier two edge defender. Uh, I think also JPP is in that same tier, bottom tier two, kind of top of tier three. 44% of Barrett's career pressures came in 2019, and he generated a 14.1% pressure rate. Low sack conversion rate while in Denver 
Um, but he still managed a 12% pressure rate while he was in Denver. So there is that consistency of generating pressure. Uh, JPP also managed a pressure pressure rate just under 11%, and he's going to take on a, a similar role in Tampa's defense. So Shaq Barrett and JPP definitely targets. For having kind of an undetermined role, Winfield Jr. is going as the 11th DB overall, uh, but it is in the 18th round of a 12-teamer. So, I, I mean, even still, it's pretty decent uh, value. Uh, I think he's going to be he's going to have big play upside and he could lead rookies in interceptions in redraft. I'd rather go someone like Jordan Poyer, Keon O'Neill or Harrison Smith. But his price tag in a dynasty startup or in dynasty leagues, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I'm hoping the secondary as a whole produces more turnovers. Uh, Carlton Davis was targeted 117 times in 2019, recording 19 defended passes. I'm hoping that number goes down and the interceptions go up. Sean Murphy Davis had a play on the ball rate of 18%, uh, recording three interceptions on over 60 targets. Uh, I think both are going to be good um, targets in cornerback required leagues. Next up, we have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the defense as a whole certainly has a shot at being a top unit, and Dennis Allen does a really good job of utilizing his player strengths. The additions, or maybe in this case, the re-addition of Malcolm Jenkins is going to help the secondary, and Janoris Jack- Jenkins is definitely an upgrade over Eli Apple on the outside. For 2020, uh, you certainly can see more three-safety looks with Jenkins, Marcus Williams, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The Saints are following the trend of running more nickel and dime uh, to keep up with three wide receiver, two tight end sets uh, that offenses are continuing to run out. Uh, Demario Davis is really, in my opinion, the only solid piece, uh, linebacker piece in the group. Uh, Kiko Alonso took a pay cut to stay in New Orleans and is in the final year of a contract, and he's going to have Zach Bond breathing down his neck. Uh, Alonso didn't really have much playing time as he played fewer than 300 snaps after playing in more than 1,000 for three straight seasons in Miami. Bond played edge in Wisconsin, but Coach Sean Payton certainly envisions him as a Mike or playing that Sam... Uh, that Sam role, uh, but he definitely is envisioning him as an off-ball linebacker, but really as of now doesn't really have a defined role. If Bond does make the switch to off-ball linebacker, Alonzo and Alex Anzalone aren't much of a roadblock. Uh, he should overtake them pretty quickly. Um, however, if Allen slots uh, Zach Bond into AJ Klein's role, IDP production is going to be limited in 2020. It's just not the that's not the role. Um, it's not a high tackle a high tackle position. The defensive line is led by Cameron Jordan, and once again, he will anchor that defensive line group. Marcus Davenport is expected to pick up some of the pass rushing load as well. Malcolm Brown is going to be in line for snaps with Sheldon Rankins and David Inamata. In terms of my targets on the Saints. At linebacker, consider, you have to still consider Demario Davis, and he's the prime line, linebacker target. He's not a sleeper, but he's being drafted as one. Um, he, as of right now, early ADP has him as the LB29 uh, in the 18th round. So, again, if you're getting that just shows you how deep the linebacker position is that you're able to get an LB1 in the 18th round. Davis had a near 4-1 to solo-to-assist tackle ratio, and produced 87 solo tackles and 111 total tackles, producing his third straight 100-plus tackle season. He's always in position to make stops and plays on the ball. At least in for 2020, Zach Bond is left to be drafted in dynasty leagues or startups or rookie drafts. 
Cam Jordan is always in play as a DL1. He has three straight season of 12 or more sacks, including a career-high 15 and a half last season. He's also a good source of tackles. Uh, he's being disrespected, in my opinion, in redraft, as he's being taken around the 17th round and is the 15th defensive lineman off the board. I've given the choice between someone like Brian Burns and, and Cameron Jordan. I'm taking Cameron Jordan every day of the week. I also like Marcus Davenport as a third-year breakout. Davenport's coming off a season where he generated a 14.4% pressure rate. As far as the secondary goes, um, I do have interest in Malcolm Jenkins as their box safety. Uh, in terms of Janoris Jenkins, I think he can be considered in cornerback leagues. Uh, between the Giants and the Saints, he saw 88 targets and made a play on the ball nearly 24% of the time he was thrown at, resulting in five interceptions and 16 defensive passes. Lastly, we have the Atlanta Falcons, a defense that really has been riddled with injuries over the last several years. But from an IDP standpoint, it's a meh group of defenders. For me, they are like the DC universe of movies. I try, but I just end up turning them off for either a two and a half men rerun or you know what? Even better, I'll turn on a Marvel movie. One of the key additions to the defensive group is Dante Fowler. Uh, after the Falcons let Vic Beasley go in free agency, um, he's going to be a major key, key piece uh, as he'll bookend attack Kyrus McKinley. Atlanta addressed the linebacker situation with a fourth-round pick in Michael Walker. I do like his long-term upside. Deion Jones and Foisette Alucon appear to be three-down guys, but I'm not really excited about Alucon. I mean, he has to show me a little bit more. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on the Dion Buchanan signing. Um, you know, I know it's not much, but he's kind of like the sizzling fajita chilies. You have your meal and then, oh, wait a minute, what's that smell over there? So keep an eye on Buchanan. At this point, again, I don't think he's a hindrance to, to Lulcone, but you know what? Those fajitas can come out of nowhere. Keanu Neal is returning from his second straight injury ending season, and it goes without saying, health will be key for the Matrix. Uh, get it? Keanu? Matrix? Hey. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, and also, speaking of Keanu, did you see the Bill and Ted 3 trailer? I don't know. Looking forward to that one. That's going to be outstanding. As far as my targets from this defense, it, there really aren't many. Uh, Deion Jones is my top linebacker this season. He recorded an 11.6% tackle rate, over 949 snaps. Uh, Luo Cone is a late-round sleeper. He's fine, but I'm just not really gaga or in love with him. I mentioned Michael Walker. Uh, put him on your waiver wire watch list really just more for uh, dynasty startup or, or rookie drafts. Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett are the targets on the defensive line. Jarrett's a solid DL3 um, or a DT1 in D defensive tackle premium leagues. And Dante Fowler had a career year in sacks and generated a really nice, consistent 13.2% pressure rate uh, for the Rams last season. He makes the switch to defensive end, which is also going to up his IDP value. At DB, I'm getting in the phone booth, and I'm hoping to go back in time to 2017 with Keanu Neal. Neal has only played in four games since 2017, but if you look at those 2016-2017 seasons, he recorded an 11.3% tackle rate and produced over 100 tackles in those two seasons. So I'm hoping that he kind of goes back to, uh, to that box role and really gets his nose uh, into the defense. Sounds like he's healthy. Sounds like he's progressing. So I don't have a problem with him as, uh, as one of my top DBs. So that's a look at the NFC South. If you have any questions, uh, if you have your own targets, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert. Always taking questions at 
mikeduppod at gmail.com. So that's a look at the NFC South. So that does it for episode six of the Miked Up podcast. Be sure to check out all of my work at 444.com. Uh, right now, again, we have our IDP rankings, IDP positional breakdowns, look at the rookies, currently working on the uh, breakouts for 2020 at each position. Also have great content right now. Um, we're looking at the, uh, uh, the FFPC strategy from Connor Allen. 15 position battles to watch from Eric Moody. Um, there's also a really nice old article from earlier in May from Eric, 12 sleepers to supercharge your dynasty team. So there's always good content being posted on 444.com. So again, that's it for episode six of the Miked Up podcast. Again, I am Mike Wollert. You stay classy, IDP Nation, and we will see ya. This has been a production of the Big Three Network. Network.